Young business leaders, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Yutaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 127. Today, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, I actually have a pretty long bio for today's guest. I'm actually really excited for today's guest because I recently heard him uh, speak at a breakfast that I, that I was at, and his story and just kind of his entire being was something that I was like, man, I have got to get to know this guy better, learn a little bit more about him, and, and ultimately share him with my audience. And I'm really excited today to introduce Justin Wren uh, to the Young Business Leader podcast. If you don't know Justin, almost a decade ago, the world got to know Justin Wren through his successful mixed martial arts career. Today, he finds his greatest fulfillment through his foundation, the Justin Wren Foundation, DBA, Fight for the Forgotten. His purpose and passion is for the most bullied people group, the Pygmies. Through his Fight for the Forgotten initiative, 1,500 members of a formerly enslaved people group in the DRC Congo are now free and flourishing on 3,000 acres of their own land with access to clean water and their own farms. Today, Justin the Big Pygmy Wren has expanded his Fight for the Forgotten nonprofit to empower others who don't have a voice. He regularly speaks to raise awareness for those affected by the water crisis, as well as those who are bullied and those suffering from depression and addiction. He is developing a bully prevention character development curriculum that is being implemented nationwide in mixed martial arts academies with a vision to grow it in schools. Justin is passionate about sharing with organizations, schools, academies, and youth events in order to break the lifelong chains of bullying and encourage our youth to put kindness and compassion into action. Folks, if that doesn't give you a good understanding of a young leader in our community, Justin is is uh, a guy that as you get to know him, as you start to learn more about him, he's one of those guys that just kind of draws people in and you see a joy in him. You see uh, a life flowing out of him. And the really cool thing about that is that's not where he started, but that's where he is today. So I'm really excited to share Justin's story with you today. Hopefully it'll impact you as much as it's impacted me. And I'm really excited to share his message. Young business leaders, welcome to the podcast. Uh, as you heard in the intro, I am really excited about today's guest. Uh, this is podcast number 127. And as we're kind of rolling along here, I'm always on the lookout for stories for uh, people that are out there doing things. They're leading people. They're making a difference in their communities. And uh, when I came across uh, Justin, uh, actually at a faith and business thing here in Tulsa not too long ago, uh, I just I just knew that this was somebody that we needed to connect with and, and have him share his message uh, with our audience. So, uh, Justin, welcome to the podcast. If you don't mind, tell everybody a little bit about yourself because I know the 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 bio doesn't say everything uh, and say hello to the audience. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, this means a lot to me to have this opportunity uh, to share with your awesome community of, of leaders and people that are out there making a difference. And for me, I, I never growing up, I never thought I would have an opportunity to make a difference with my life. Uh, I didn't know if it was uh, worth living anymore. Um, and I grew up getting very heavily uh, bullied would sit at the lunch table by myself and get pelted in the back of the head with um, food or fist or chocolate milk, milk spit wads. And um, I was just, uh, yeah, in the locker room, I quit football because I was hit on the back of my head. Um, and there's other moments, uh, deep wounding moments of public shaming uh, where the whole school was in on it, different things like that. Um, but through uh, just God loving the hell out of me, blessing the mess out of me, uh, <laughs> nine years, seven months, and four days ago. Uh, God transformed my life to, to put love and compassion in action. 
um, and to fight for people. You know, I'm a professional MMA fighter by trade. I've done that now for 13 years professionally. Um, is that right? Yeah, 13 years professionally. Wow. And uh, started as a kind of a young gun at 19. Um, uh, I was the youngest heavyweight in the UFC at 21. Um, and I owned wrestling because I was being bullied. Um, and I thought that when I found MMA before I started wrestling, um, I found the VHS tapes uh, from the UFC. And I thought uh, initially what first drew me in was these guys don't get bullied. Yeah. Um, and they were martial artists. They knew how to defend themselves. Um, and they were fighters. And there was something uh, that, that drew me to that. Um, and then I fell in love with the human match of it, uh, the wrestling versus taekwondo and the jujitsu versus sumo and boxing versus uh, kickboxing even. You know, this guy knows how to throw his hands, this other guy knows how to throw knees and kicks. Um, and, and so those stylistic matches, I loved that chess player per se, but I, I loved being able to relate that to, uh, man, these guys are thinking four, five, six, seven moves ahead of their opponent and then they have to switch it on the fly and then you never know at all. Um, most sports, you know, you're, you know, you can only swing a bat so much or pitch a ball so fast. And uh, with, with fighting, you can always do something different and you can never learn all the moves and, and all the strategy. And, and a guy can come from behind uh, and be losing for, four full rounds or five full rounds in uh, five minutes. And you can be losing 24 minutes and 45 seconds of the 25 minute fight. And then you can just pull out basically a Hail Mary and, and, and end the fight with a submission, which isn't by chance um, or, or a strike, maybe a big kick or, or knockout punch. And um, so I, I don't know, I just fell, fell in love with the sport um, and started to pursue that. That was initially my passion or purpose. Um, that kind of was my outlet when I was the, the bullied kid and uh, in the, the kind of a victim mentality almost too of, uh, of the world's against me and, um, and nobody likes me and I'll never be accepted. Uh, that became the way that I found acceptance um, and, and identity. Uh, my identity was unhealthily wrapped up in being a wrestler, um, uh, became a 10-time state champion and a five-time All-American and a two-time national champion and was one of two kids uh, to go for, straight from high school to the Olympic Training Center, uh, at least that year. And, um, and so I put everything in that, all my eggs in one basket, um, then through fighting. And, uh, and interrupt me anytime, but I, that, I, 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 that childhood dream became a reality, but then it quickly turned into a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get into that, but I, I think it's really kind of key that you're talking, I mean, some of the things that you're talking about, are, I think are some of the things that whether you were bullied or whether you're just kind of finding yourself in, in a leadership role, you're trying to find your identity in, in anything. And I think sometimes people will take their history, they'll, they'll take the past, the hand that they were dealt, if you will, and they'll say to themselves, well, I can't do anything because of this. I'm, you know, this is how I was brought up. This is how um, my life was. These are the, the people, you know, I didn't have mentors. I had people that picked on me. I had people that bullied me. And, and they start using that as justification of why they can't do something. And I think it's awesome for you that you found an outlet. You found purpose uh, through some of this stuff. And you, in, instead of holding it all in, you found an outlet, like a, almost like a pressure release to kind of mm -hmm. get you through that. You looked 
at some of these other people and said, those guys are doing something. Those guys don't get bullied because they're strong or they're, you know, they're muscular or they're very strategic and they know how to do these things. And so you started looking for inspiration of what could really kind of take you and get you out of the situation that you were in. But ultimately what happened was that identity consumed you, if I'm understanding correctly, that identity of winning that identity. And and I, I, I can say my story is completely different, but the part when it comes to identity is where we still, we start to align. And that's where I put my entire identity into being successful and I would do whatever it took to be successful. And we talked in a couple of podcasts back that, you know, with some of the people I've talked to, they found success or, or quote unquote success. And they looked around and they said, is this what success really is? And what they found on the other side of success was depression. They found it was, they were burnt out. They found that they, they, they just felt empty and they didn't necessarily have anything there. So I don't think that your story is too, too far different when it comes to finding your identity than a lot of people on this journey. And I think that's so awesome um, that you're first of all vulnerable and willing to talk about it because I know through my journey, I didn't want to show the, I didn't want to show my weakness. I didn't want to show, you know, any of those challenges that I had because I, I like you was afraid someone would either find me out, say that I'm a fraud, make fun of me and, and expose me for what I really thought I was. And so, you know, going through this entire journey and really focusing on figuring out who you are is so paramount to being a good leader and to being the best version of yourself. Well, that's, that was a lot of good stuff, my man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted to talk, man. I know, I know, I know that there's a lot going on here and I think your, your story uh, just helps make that point that much stronger. Well, I, I really appreciate it. Um, uh, I love having great conversations uh, with great people uh, like you. And so, yeah, I think, um, I think for me, I mean, I, 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 I attempted suicide twice because of mm-hmm. being uh, bullied and feeling powerless uh, and um, feeling inadequate and not enough. And, uh, you know, there was this one bullying moment in front of the entire school where I was told by my middle school crush, can't believe you thought you were good enough uh, to come mm-hmm. to my party uh, next to her. Uh, Tyler said, you're worthless. I felt worthless. You believe the things people say about, you know, my notorious middle school bully that organized the whole thing said you should just kill yourself. Yeah. And so I, I tried, um, and I, uh, um, and it was, it was um, really tough. But now that I've gone through those things, I think I think an attribute of leaders is trying to lead people out of their own personal darkness that they've been through and come out of and on the other side of and seeing the light from and and. Mm-hmm using those toughest times to uh, help others through, through their struggle. And when they found hope leading others to that hope um, and, and showing them that it's going to be okay, you're going to get through this. And these are the principles. These are the practices. These are the habits. These are the actions that you must take. Um, I, I know what you're going through. I've been there or being able to, as a, as a leader, um, put yourself in that person's shoes um, and, and be like, how, how can I lead them well through whatever circumstance and struggle they're going through? And so, um, you know, I'm blessed uh, to be able to, to do that through uh, the organization I was able to, to be the founder of, uh, Fight for the Forgotten, 
and, and our, our vision state is just, uh, what do we want to do? We want to defeat hate with love. Mm-hmm. Um, and our mission is to knock out bullying worldwide. And we do that through two different kind of buckets or initiatives or people groups. And that would be the um, most bullied people group in the, the world. Uh, according to the anthropologists, the most oppressed people group in the world, the, the pygmy people residing in, in nine African nations, but all uh, have the same similar struggles. Uh, no land of their own, uh, no clean water, no, no food, um, and enslaved uh, or oppressed uh, heavily. Um, and uh, being able to come alongside them through community um, and say, uh, we're going to help you with land, water, and food initiatives. Um, and we're going to empower you to be able to do it uh, for yourselves. Um, and then um, then on the state side, so we have that for the most bully people group in the world. And then we also have an initiative here stateside um, for bully prevention. And so for the Pygmy people, we do it through community development. But for our kids here stateside, we do that through character development. Because when you have mm-hmm. good character, you don't bully. And whenever you have good character, you understand whenever you are bullied, um, that it's not something wrong with you. Um, bullied people bully people normally, yeah. or hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you will develop a resolve or what we hope. Um, and and I, I think I should share it more, but what I hope is that every person or youth now that's so stuck in, 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 in social media in comparison, comparisons, the thief of joy and suicide rates are going through the roof. Uh, number two, cause of death right now between ages 10 to 14 years old is suicide yeah uh, mostly attributed uh, to bullying um and so that that we hope that they can develop tough skin but maintain a soft heart yeah um so 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 develop tough skin but but maintain and keep and nurture a soft heart and i think that that's good for a leader um a leader you need to uh, to be able to go through challenging circumstances, you need to be able to accept healthy and even unhealthy criticism and, and not let that, that, um, that make you quit, um, but maintain and, and keep a soft heart for the people that you do lead. Um, you want them to, uh, to not feel that you are this calloused, um, harsh uh, person who doesn't understand, who sits on top of a, uh, I don't know, I, I love that uh, leadership um, image. I don't know if it's, a, it's not a meme, but, but it's just a good illustration where, you know, a, a boss is someone that, that, that's sitting on top and they have a whip and, and they have the people that are, that are pulling mm-hmm. along the, uh, the, the carriage or whatever they're, 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 they're hauling, but a leader's out in front and is basically like calling them all, all in behind him and he's leading yeah. away. Cause I think a good leader, I think it's a John Maxwell quote probably, but a good leader, uh, knows the way goes the way and shows the way mm. and so don't just tell them what to do show them what to do <laughs> well that's yeah i mean and that's that's right in line with uh you know servant leadership right it's mm-hmm. it's being willing to get in into the trenches and, and and being willing to help people i think what you're the the message that you're kind of sharing is to see people as people and that, and that they have value. And I think that when you see that you're willing to get in there and get in the trenches and work with them because you know that, you know, that's the kind of leader that you would want to follow. And that's in some cases, like it's not modeled often. So I think often, you know, people don't know that that exists out there. And I I realize now that leadership is so much more than just Mm -hmm. a title. And it's, it's a lot about leading with empathy and empathy. If you look at, 
like my strengths on like a, like a strength finders or something like that is very low on the list. And the, the challenge that I have with that is I, I have challenges making uh, strong connections with people because I never projected weakness. I never projected uh, empathy towards other people's situation. I would always just kind of be the guy that says, well, just, you know, suck it up, man, just, just get through it. And what I realized is that started alienating people and that started pushing people away. And, I, and so I love what you had to say about having a tough skin and a soft heart. It, 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 as I've grown in my leadership journey, I recognize that I need to have that soft heart towards people and really see people who they are, for who they are and how much value that they actually have. Because when you do that, those people are not just going to be that much more willing to you know, go in the direction that you're going, but there's so much fulfillment in that. There's so much life and, and purpose in what you're doing. And if you can see those things and, and really grab onto them, that'll make your work experience, your leadership experience that much, uh, that much more transformative to the point where there's just, there's joy and there's just, there's, there's peace in the work that you're doing. And you're just like, man, I don't care what we are doing as a team. I know that we're going to do the best. I, I know we got the right people. I know that we can do it. And I, I think that that makes a huge difference in the quality of the team that you have and the quality of life that you have. Absolutely. And man, one of the things that I know can sound cliche, but what we hear most about, um, or, or if I share it during my talks at a school, if it's an assembly about bullying, um, and I share that quote, you know, um, and I, I especially share with the teachers and staff that um, you guys are qualified, you are their authority figures, you are a leader in their life, you're their teacher, you're a guide, you're a mentor, but that, that especially nowadays with kids, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's so true with uh, leaders. Like, you don't just care about the bottom dollar and the profit. You care about the people that make the profit. Right. And you care about them more than you care about the profit. And, um, and I mean, I, I know it's got to be double-sided. I might, I might lean more towards too much empathy and too much compassion, but, yeah. but, but uh, because we do have to keep people accountable, we'd have to push them. We have to make sure that they're getting their stuff done. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, I think top performers or peak performers know what they call them, but, I think to be a peak performer, um, coming from athletics, coming from the Olympic Training Center, coming from professional fighting, a fight, there are a lot of consequences. Oh, yeah. On the line. There's, a, there's a lot at stake. And there are six months of, of, of training uh, normally. Uh, I mean, a fight camp's at least three months, uh, 12 weeks. And the preparation that goes into that for one competition, one fight, one opponent, um, I've, I've found it's the person that's not the most talented, it, it's often the time that's worked the hardest, but what makes you work the hardest is usually you're attaching that to the most reasons why. Mm. And so it's usually the post person, the person with the most reasons usually wins, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, um, and so I think as a leader, um, attaching your people's, job or their product that they're producing to a purpose to why um, giving them more reasons uh, to win I, I, I the Olympic champion is, is normally afterwards saying I did this for my mom who has mm -hmm. is battling breast cancer or passed away of breast cancer I did this in her honor um, or, or something you know like I 
you know, why do we do what we do and raise the bar of necessity. Uh, you've got to raise uh, that in yourself first and then translate that and transfer that uh, to the people that you're leading. Well, if you can talk a little bit about that, because I know, so we, I mean, we kind of hinted at it a little bit, you know, you got into MMA, you started seeing success there, but at that time you were doing it all for yourself just to kind of get out of the challenges that you were having. Um, but there was a moment that that switched and you started fighting for people and started fighting for a reason. Uh, can you talk about the, the both sides of it? Like the one side, obviously you've achieved some level of success. What did it feel like? What, what, what was kind of your... Um, your self-worth at that point and then transition to the other side now that you've you kind of switched that mentality and you're fighting for people you're fighting for the forgotten you're fighting for you know kids that are bullied um, I, I've seen the difference in, in terms of just speaking with you but kind of share what what that looked like on both sides for for the audience yeah I would say that early on uh, as a kid or not a kid but 15 16 years old, like becoming a state champion, that was rewarding. You know, that was really cool. I could walk into school and not be hunched over and, um, and be the bullied kid. Like I started to find myself or, or, or come to my own. Um, and, and that was, uh, rewarding, fulfilling. I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but it was, it was a big step. It was a leap into the right direction. Yeah. Um, but whenever, my identity was attached to it. Like it became unfulfilling real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember getting my hand raised um, as a national champion the first time. And that was a new reward and that felt great. And all the hard work paid off. Um, but the second time was nothing like the first time uh, that I won a national championship and then um, fighting, you know, that was a new thing and that was a temporary fulfillment too. And, um, and your temporary reward and then i started getting my hand raised in those fights and it didn't matter if it was a roaring crowd of ten thousand people that were all stoked that i just Mm -hmm. won the fight and um, i would get my hand raised and i would literally think is this it is this all Um, Mm -hmm. and so for me i had to get outside myself fighting for myself and fighting for others uh, before it actually became a reward where i actually smiled after a fight Mm-hmm. I did not smile after any of my professional fights um, <laughs> until I started fighting for others. Yeah. Whenever it was just about me, when it was self-serving, um, I just didn't find purpose in it, even though I was good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so now knowing that when I get in there, it truly matters. It's not about me. When I win, I get to give. When I win, yeah. I, get the, I get to grab the mic and, and tell people about something other than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, what's been purpose driven, mission driven. Uh, and I get to do that through my sport still, um, but I get to do it even more, um, outside the sport and through fight for the forgotten and starting that, that yeah. I know goes back and having, having my head on a swivel, um, to, to, to see the opportunities I have to use my life to, to make a difference in someone else's. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to that, that the, you, you said the guy who has the most reasons why is the guy who wins. And I feel like once you started fighting for other people, you went from one reason being yourself to all of the reasons. And it's a much greater cause and finding purpose through all of that is I think something that everybody's trying to figure out. Everyone's trying to figure out what's my purpose. What's my reason for being here? Why, 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 why did this happen to me? And 
I, I think, I mean, when you look at everyone's unique experience and everybody's, you know, background and everything else, there's a lot of pain in that. And there's a lot of, um, you know, insecurity in that. And, and people are just constantly questioning. And, and you know, you, you talk to somebody and they, they're like, oh, you know, we'll just go climb a mountain and find a, a monk in a temple and he'll tell you the meaning of life. And I, I would adamantly disagree with that approach. Um, but I think that, you know, talking to people who have gone through that pain and found a way to convert that pain and that story into purpose, I think that's where people are really going to find kind of, you know, their path and, and their journey. So if you can talk a little bit about that conversion of pain to purpose for you, hmm. because uh, based on your story, you have all, you have fully just, you have full justification to go a completely different path, but yet you changed it. And yet that changed you. And, I, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit th at the beginning, but I'd love for you to kind of share that part of your journey, because I think that's just as important as everything else we talked about. Yeah. Well, for me personally, and I don't, uh, I don't push my faith on, on anyone at any time, really, I'll, I'll share it, but, um, it's, it's each of our own personal decisions and relationship to have. And I'd rather love people in than judge them away. And, and, and for me, um, I wanted nothing to do with religion whatsoever. Uh, my mm -hmm. favorite quotes graduating high school were from Gandhi, uh, which was, um, I, uh, be the change you want to see in the yep. world. I love that one. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. still do. And uh, the second one uh, was my defensive mechanism. And now it's a motivation to me to be different. Um, yeah. But uh, it was, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. <laughs> Christians are so unlike your Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyways, I, I uh, was fighting. I was being successful in the world's eyes. Um, you know, I had people following me. I, know, I don't think I ever really share this, but I would have people following me and snapping pictures of me, not even looking at them in the grocery store or at the mm. movie theater or uh, wherever. And, um, and then I would ask, Hey, want to get a picture with me instead of just oh, yeah, it's a little <laughs> weird, but uh, anyways, uh, like, so that fame or whatever at a young age. Um, but I was so empty. Um, I was in front of all the lights, but I was living in darkness um, mm -hmm. around all these people, but I was completely alone. Um, I, uh, we get my hand raised and feel devastated inside. Like, why doesn't this? I was confused, not devastated, but confused. Why doesn't this fulfill me? Yeah. Um, and uh, I turned to drinking. I turned to drugs. I became a depressed, drunk, drug addict. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, went. I was a missing person for eight weeks. I, I went on this big, long binge of of opiates, oxy, um, cocaine. Um, uh, drinking and, and pot and just so everything I could take. And, um, and I piggyback everything. And I literally was a, uh, basically a missing person. My, my parents were looking for me. They were calling the police. They were calling. I mean, they, no one knew where I was. And I, I, my, my best friend left me a voicemail saying, I can't believe my best man, uh, or I can't believe you didn't show up to my wedding. I can't mm -hmm. believe my best man didn't show up. Like, and uh, that devastated him, devastated me. I had so much shame, guilt, that it drove me even deeper into the addiction. Um, and man, it wasn't until, yeah, God came in and had a real relationship with them and in a way that, uh, that I personally have experienced that, that wasn't, um, just talking about it or hearing about it. It was something real and authentic that mm -hmm. gave me the, the push to say, okay, no act of kindness, no matter how small ever goes wasted. And I'm going to put love in action. And, uh, mm -hmm. 
that's what happened for me. That's what I'm going to do for others. Um, and not as a way to like earn it, but as a way to like say, this is real. Um, and it's good. Yeah. And I've, I've tasted and seen that, that, that it's good and that it's real. And I, I want other people to experience it, not just hear it. Um, but, uh, uh, I'd love people to have an encounter with, with love. Um, mm -hmm. and so that's been for me through my greatest, uh, struggles and tragedy of, of being bullied and feeling all alone and being suicidal and, and trying to take my own life. And it's been for addicts and alcoholics and just meeting people where they're at and, and, and saying that there's hope to get through it. I got through it. You can too. Um, and it's been incredible for some of the most oppressed people. I mean, it blows my mind when I really take a moment and think about it. We wanted to get three and the big goal was 30 acres of land. Yeah. The goal was 30. If we get 30 acres, this would radically transform these people's lives. And if we could drill one water well one day, that yeah. would be, would be nuts, maybe two. And, <laughs> and now it's turned into 3,015 acres of land, um, wow. 62 water wells and four sustainable farms and 4,000 trees and 1,500 people transitioning out of a life of actual real slavery where they had slave mm -hmm. masters and would work for them from sun up to sundown. And now they have freedom and even reconciliation with that community. Um, and that's, that's mind blowing uh, to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and it's all been just out of a motive to like, Hey, this is no strings attached. Like we love you because we love you and should <laughs> I have a, a better future? Yeah. I just, I think about kind of all of that stuff that you talk about. And if you were to go back to yourself when you were just starting to fight and you started to see that success and you were chasing that state championship, I don't think you saw all of that other stuff. And I think the, the what I kind of get out of that is that, when we're so focused on ourselves, we don't realize there's a bigger purpose for us. Sure. There's so much more potential out there for us. We think that taking state is the end all be all. But I think the reason that you felt emptiness and, 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 and I don't want to speak for you, but I think that the reason that you felt emptiness in that moment is because you knew that you were created for more and you weren't achieving, you thought you were achieving something, but you weren't actually achieving what you were created for. And you didn't experience your true purpose, peace, and fulfillment until you were able to actually taste and see what, what you were really designed to be. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. You are, you are spot on. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, looking back at it, you, you articulated it better than I did, but I knew that there was more, mm -hmm. I knew that there was more than a, a, a championship trophy or a plaque to put on my wall or a, even still a goal is to be the best at my sport. And if, if I could do that and I'm pursuing it now, it would be a 10 pound uh, gold belt to put around my waist. <laughs> what is that? What is that really going to do? I mean, yeah. it's a good photo op. I might get some Instagram likes. Yeah. But really that belt is going to be collecting dust one day. And so yeah. what I have found is, is, is that, it's so much better to do something that matters. Yeah. Um, and that really makes a difference. And there's a great leadership quote out there and, and I might not be able to help everyone, but I can help someone. Mm -hmm. And uh, someone put it this way, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Yeah. Um, and, and take time, invest, give, uh, 
in a true authentic relationship in a, a way that, that, that matters. Um, and uh, someone I know is going through psychology right now and, and at university and they said, and I'm going to butcher it, but it was something like, you know, three things that you need is um, you need purpose um, to know that you're living with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to be making personal progress. Um, and then uh, there was a, there's a third, Oh, that you are contributing to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're living with a purpose, you're making a difference or contributing um, and you are making progress, you are growing. And, um, and so I, I personally love that um, and want to do that. And if I can make sure I'm firing on all cylinders in those three ways, um, I, I think that I will be better. And from that, I can better someone else's life because one thing I'm learning is I'm, I'm giving, 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 but really I've got to give to myself um, too. And I've got a, and every time now I'm on a plane, my counselor reminds me, <laughs> um, listen to that, that, that flight attendant that says, put that, put that oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on others. And so I think as leaders, um, we, we've really got to lead the way in self-care, mm-hmm. uh, and making time for ourselves, um, so that we can be everything we need to be, uh, for those that we lead. Yeah, man, absolutely. There's, there's so much kind of interwoven in here and I'm loving every minute of it. Um, you know, especially that, that part where uh, I think I've ter- heard the term holy unrest. And, and I think that's that kind of uh, that moment where you're like, man, I, I know there's something more. So, um, you know, I feel like this is success. I feel like this is supposed to be success, but I'm not, I'm not content in it. I, I don't feel the fulfillment that I was hoping that I would have. Um, I, I think if you're in that moment, then I think that's the time where you should be really encouraged because at that time you should recognize that there is so there's something so much bigger for you out there. And that's the reason that you have that holy unrest. That's the reason that you have that, that unfulfillment in that moment. And if you're just going to try to fill it with other, just, you know, material type things that it, you'll get a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's not like that stuff doesn't work. Uh, people obviously do it for a reason, but if you can kind of look a little bit bigger than maybe what you even thought was you were capable of, and just recognize that, man, you were created for much greater things. I think that can absolutely transform the way that you live your life. That's where your purpose really starts to click in and really starts to make a difference. Right. You, you had said something kind of along the way that uh, really kind of sparked my interest because I feel like right now you're being the person that you needed um, mm-hmm. when you were a kid. And I know that you've seen kind of that side of it, but what is it, what is it now, like if, if you would have had that person like you, you know, reaching into your life, kind of like what you've done with Raiden. Um, you know, what, how, how much would that have transformed you? Obviously your story would be completely different, but what would that have meant to have somebody that would come alongside you and supported you in, in those times? Yeah. Well, um, fortunately, I mean, from eight to 13, I didn't have anyone that was that person for me. When I look back, I, I really feel like I, I didn't. I was alone. Um, I, I mean, I had my mom, and she was incredible. So, so she was my rock. But from an outsider, you know, kids sometimes they, you know, your mom can tell you it a million times, and you don't yeah. get it. You have someone else say it once, and it clicks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but um, I did have it once I found wrestling. My coaches yeah. were my mentors, um, and it's meant a lot to me to come alongside Raiden and. To, to develop a relationship before I posted the video um, mm-hmm. of him. And I, I didn't know if I would ever post the video of what happened. And then when I did, it went out to tens of millions of people. 
Um, and it's been in Poland, it's been in China, it's been in Japan's number one news in Canada and all these different places. Um, and uh, we've been on TMZ, I think it was right after Nicki Minaj and right before Honey Boo Boo or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, so we're in good company, I guess. But uh, yeah, and, uh, it, you know, and his story, you know, we we're on the front page of The Guardian um, and on Thanksgiving Day and I, you know, I just wanted to be, yeah, what you said, the person I needed uh, when I was his age. But now it's become something so much more than him and me. And uh, even though it is all about him right now, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out how we can really impact the lives of the people that acted out as as bullies towards him. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the you're right, the governor of Oklahoma's reached out and said, I want to do something and how do I get involved? And, Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to speak with you guys at Raiden School or do a citywide event and um, Navy SEALs that served on, I can't talk about their names and I couldn't get pictures with them, but the <laughs> Navy SEALs that were actually on the Bin Laden mission, you know, oh, rallying wow. Raiden and Hollywood actors and musicians and uh, Olympic champion, world champion MMA fighters and surfers. And um, it's been wild uh, to see the outpouring of support. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it, it kind of just started with, with that, you know, how can I be the person that I need? Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's who a leader is like, uh, and I, I'm not trying to say that to pat myself on the back, but I want to say that in a way that, that others. I'll, I'll say it for you. <laughs> well, well, thank you. But how can we be the person we need in someone else's life? The people we're leading, like yeah. be the person we need for them. Well, I'm really excited for Raiden because to have those kinds of people around him, they say that you're the average of the five people that you hang around. And Raiden's got a pretty good crew going right now. And that tells me that as he progresses in his life and goes around and has those kinds of people around him inspiring him, I I think you guys have broadened his vision of what his life can be. And now he has, in my opinion, unlimited possibilities. Where before he probably thought that you know, whatever somebody told me to do, that's probably what I need to go do because I don't feel like I have any value here. And I think you've completely transformed that for him. But hopefully, you know, because of that message being relatable and that message being so powerful, like you said, you're impacting lives all across the world. And I think that that right there is just by something that you would think to be common sense now, helping out somebody in need, finding somebody who's being bullied and standing up for them, that, that feels like common sense to you. But the world that we live in today, it doesn't operate that way. So it's, it's abnormal for somebody to do what you're doing. And it's shining a light kind of in a direction that you're very passionate about. And hopefully it's essentially becoming that change that you want to see in the world. So I'm really excited about what's going on with that. I do want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about the anti-bullying campaigns that you're doing and fight for the forgotten before we wrap this up. Um, But, but talk a little bit about the organization, how it's impacting lives all across the world. And especially here stateside here in Oklahoma, the difference that you're making and, and how you're able to help people uh, along the way. Well, yeah, our, our two initiatives for the Pygmies and then here stateside, and it's, uh, we've been working on it for more than a year. Um, we've developed a curriculum uh, that I think is, is a powerhouse solid thing that we need to get into as many public, private, and online schools um, as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Heroes in Waiting. And what is a hero? It's not someone with superhuman strength or supernatural powers. It's not someone with a cape. 
it's literally as simple as someone who sees a need and takes action. And yeah. a hero has a humble heart for not doing it for Instagram likes or, or um, doing it because it's the right thing to do. Um, and so we're in 104 martial arts academies around the country and in Canada and Scotland and in the UK, um, uh, two in the UK, um, one in London. And so um, we're really excited about that. Uh, but I think our biggest opportunity, because the kids that find martial arts, they're pretty well taken care of mm-hmm. because an instructor is a mentor and it just is martial arts transforms lives through character development. But what about the kids that don't have the opportunity to either pay the fees or, or, or to get in there um, you have a scholarship of some sort that some academies have? Um, it's like we got we to gotta meet them where they're at. And that's in the schools where they don't feel welcomed. And 180,000 kids a day, 160, I think, are skipping school because of bullying. Wow. Three million school days are lost a month. And if I talk just about Oklahoma, where you and me are from, um, we have the worst ACE score um, in the country. Uh, out of any state, the most adverse childhood experiences. Mm. And uh, that could be child abuse or, um, or uh, parent incarceration or uh, drug and alcohol abuse or different things that, that traumatize a child. And um, so from that, from bullying, which we are one of the worst in the country at bullying, um, we, our kids, 28.9% are struggling with um, depression. Uh, affects mm-hmm. them two weeks or more. Fifteen point one percent have uh, are struggling with suicide uh, thoughts, suicidal thoughts, and suicidal ideation. Um, and seven point four percent of our high schoolers from grades nine through twelve have actually attempted suicide. Seven mm-hmm. percent doesn't sound like a lot, but whenever you say seven out of a hundred, yeah, it's that's way too many. Um, <laughs> way too many. And so we think that the person with the most power is the bystander, not the person with authority, but the bystander. Um, and so teaching them how to intervene um, and, and be coming up. And so that's, that's what we want um, is to let them know, educate them and equip them that, hey, whenever you go from being a bystander to becoming an upstander yeah. and saying something as simple as, hey, that's not kind, um, it, uh, it stops bullying within five to 10 seconds, 87% wow. of the time. So almost nine, nine out of 10 shots. If, if, because going and getting an authority figure may do something, but probably not. Yeah. But, but taking the power into your own hands um, uh, in, is powerful. And so yeah. there's strength in numbers. If we can educate this, the student bodies that, hey, like stand up for one another, um, uh, have each other's back, um, and do the right thing. You're presented with a choice. You're not an innocent bystander if you see it or hear it. You yeah. might think you are, but you're actually a silent supporter, the study show. Yeah. And so don't be a silent supporter. Um, do something about it. Do you guys talk about the diffusion of responsibility at all with that? Do you know what I'm talking about with that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, and, you know, they talked about it on Joe's podcast with, uh, with Laird Hamilton and then also uh, Dakota Meyer. And that mm. first got me hearing about it. But I would, I would love for you to share about that with your, your tribe. Well, I, as I was kind of hearing about your story and, 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 and all those other things, I, I would always look to my experiences in, in school and whatever else. And although I was never the, the kid that was actually, you know, being the bully, um, I might have been like verbally uh, kind of rude to people before. So I'm sure that would have, would have counted. So, uh, you know, definitely have had instances where I haven't been the nicest person. But with the diffusion of responsibility is it, basically what it's saying is, is 
when there's a large group of people, um, you just think, oh, well, somebody else is going to do something about this. And so you kind of basically say, um, well, I'm not going to do anything because I got too much else going on. Somebody should do something, but I'm going to let somebody else do it because there's enough people here that somebody statistically speaking in our mind, and this is going on really quick in our heads, statistically speaking, somebody's going to step up and take care of this so I don't have to deal with it. And then ultimately what happens is nobody does anything. And then that behavior is either reinforced, like you said, by being a, a silent supporter and uh, you know something as simple as, hey man, cut it out. I mean that can, that can ultimately stop stuff. I think sometimes people are concerned to like, it, well, it's going to basically take that attention and, and, and bring it on to me. But I don't think that's the case. I, I think, I think it's more along the lines of that bully is, is hurting somebody because they're feeling hurt and they're tr trying to deflect onto that person. But if you shine a light on them, they're going to run away. They, they don't want that attention. They like the attention that they're getting because they're feeling empowered, but I don't think they like the attention when they're being recognized as being a bully. I think their whole mood changes. I've actually had conversations with people where I've said, you're kind of acting like a bully and they're, 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 I don't even think that they recognize that they were doing it. But as soon as you said that, it's like a switch went off and they're like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that person. I am so sorry. And they, they completely changed, but it only took somebody stepping up and having the courage to say, I'm not going to diffuse this responsibility to somebody else. I'm going to step up and I'm going to say something about it. Yeah, I absolutely um, agree with that, man. Um, I was just uh, taking some notes and uh, in a conversation that I was having, I'm trying to find the, the right word. Um, yeah, but to, to base what you're saying is to, to be assertive and, um, and, and let people know. I mean, you're holding them accountable, uh, which right. because might, they might not know, like you said, like the light bulb might come on. Right. Um, and uh, for them, someone saying something the way that, that they're saying it might not affect them the same way it's affecting the person that they're, they're maybe lashing out on or, or just mistreating. And um, so I think having that five seconds of courage is what we all need um, to to step in, to stand up, to speak out. You give me a good reminder. I need. I don't know if you have any links or a book or, or anything that you know about uh, the diffusion of responsibility, but I need to do a deeper dive. Um, Joe's, Joe's a friend of mine. He's talked about it. And he's told me about it, and I need to be educated on that better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's... It, it, as I was kind of hearing it, I was like, man, that, that just sounds like there's like, there's, there's something to describe this. And then I ultimately look at, looked it up, but I think it came, it goes back to like New York and in New York, what was happening was you have all these people and they're all stacked on top of each other and there'd be violence in the street and somebody would get mugged, someone would get beat up, someone would get shot. And uh, ultimately the crime would never be reported because somebody thought to themselves, Oh, somebody's already said something. And so they had to kind of educate people like, Hey, we, if you see something, say something, that whole idea, like you have to, you have to speak up and do things. It's the same thing. Like if an emergency is happening, like if, if an emergency is happening, somebody needs to go and point at somebody and say, Hey, you call nine one one, you go wait at the entrance and make sure that they know where to go. And you start directing people. Once you start doing that, people will do it. But until that happens, no, everyone's just like, well, so, you know, somebody's probably already called nine one one. Somebody's probably already waiting at the front. And so it's just, it's just kind of taking that in. And so I'm going to bring this back to leadership as a leader. It's your job 
to stand in the gap and make a difference. Be assertive. Make that, make that statement. Recognize that your words have power. You can't assume that everybody's going to stand up and do something just because that's how you feel. You actually have to go do something about it. And when you do something about that, yeah, you're going to start uh, creeping into an area where you may not have all the answers. You may not know everything, but that is way better than the diffusion responsibility where nobody does anything. And so be willing to step up, be willing to uh, give direction in those, in those instances, whether it's bullying, whether it's just in your general leadership sense, don't make the assumption that people are going to do something because ultimately people are looking for a leader to step up and make a difference. And, uh, you know, there's too many times that people step back and say, Oh, if I could, if I could have done it again, I would have done this. I would have, and you start getting into that area of regret, that pain of regret. I'm much rather be in a situation where I don't know what to do, but I'm doing the best I possibly can than looking back at it and say, man, if I had only done these two things, I could have saved that person's life. I could have mm-hmm. helped that person not get bullied. And I think everybody looks back at those fundamental years of when they're growing up and they can think of those instances where they either saw bullying happen- happening or maybe they were the bully themselves and maybe kind of think about that for a little bit and say, you know, you know, what would have potentially changed that if someone had spoke up and said something, would I have stopped? Uh, if somebody would have, you know, stepped in and stood up for me, how much of a difference would that made in my life? And I think that these are, these are things that you got to think about. You got to, you can't float through life and just go from, you know, day to day to day. If, if you really take inventory of all of your life experiences and everything that you're doing, I think that's going to make you that much better of a leader too. So that when those situations are happening in the future, you can say, all right, I, I didn't do that then, but I can do it now. And who knows the difference that you can make from that? Absolutely. Um, my, this might work for leaders, but I, I it, w- it will it'll work for everyone, I, I believe. But one thing that I remind myself of, and it's probably Les Brown um, that, that, that does it the best, uh, mm-hmm. motivational speaker. But he talks about how at the end of our lives, you know, for me, he articulated it, but I, I used to say, I do not want to go to the grave with um, a totally healthy body, knowing that I had more <laughs> think. It's almost yeah. like after a fight. After a yeah. fight, if you go to a decision and you know you had more in the tank mm. and, and, and you didn't push it to the limit, um, you know, you're, you're going to have regrets, especially if you lose that fight, being like, oh, if you won the fight, you could have been, you're going to be like, oh, I could have performed better. I could have done more. I could have finished it. But if you get a decision loss, that's a split decision. And one judge thought you won and, and, and two thought the other guy won. And I've been on uh, <laughs> receiving end of that. Um, it's the most empty feeling where you wish you would have got finished. Like you, yeah. would, you wish you would have gone out on your shield and knocked out or submitted. Um, and so at the end of my life, I want to know that, that, that I, I, I gave it my all and I don't want to have those. I think Les Brown says like those ghosts at the end of your life saying, this is the, the dream. This is the vision. This is the opportunity um, that you had to bring me to life. I came to you and only you. No one else had this idea. No one else had this dream. No one else had this opportunity. Um, and, and, and to know that you could have taken action and you didn't. You could have made it a reality, but you didn't. You could have brought it into fruition and it could have blessed your own life, but so many other people and you did nothing with it. I mean, that's a scary thought that the, that, that I would, that to me is, 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 is the worst way to go out. So yeah, try to do everything I can to make sure I don't. Oh man, I, I love that. Thank you for, uh, for being willing to share your heart, share your story. And I know that you're, 
Um, you're, you're a guy out there that's telling a story, uh, your, your own personal story. And man, I, I have so much respect for you, uh, for, for the path that, um, that you've taken after, uh, all of, all of the, the challenges that you've had growing up and, you know, to see you, um, in, in the group that I saw you with and just to see the peace on you and to see, you know, the, just the joy that you had for people and for life, you know, it inspired me. I was like, man, you know, this is a guy, uh, that probably, you know, very closely embodies, you know, Jesus Christ is, is kind of what I was walked away with. And it's not just the long hair and the beard. Uh, it's just, you know, the humility and the love of people and the willingness to stand, stand up for people. And I was like, man, that's inspiration for me, you know, to take inventory of my life and the decisions that I make and the things that I do. And how can I be more like Christ? How can I, you know, find guys like, like Justin that, that are modeling that and show improving to me that it can be done, that you can lead with empathy, that you can, that you can have that hard shell, but still have that soft heart and really be willing to, you know, stand up for people. And that, you know, even though you, you, you look like this, you know, big MMA fighter that you have such a soft heart and that you're willing to fight for people. I mean, that, that is just absolutely, you know, something that I think everybody strives for, but I think so many, so often people go, well, that couldn't be me. Well, I'm here to say, that it can be you. It can be you in, in just your day-to-day experience, but you have to be intentional with it and you have to make that a priority. And hopefully by having guys like Justin on the podcast, it inspires you to take that daily journey, uh, to be empathetic, to be a, a servant leader, to fight for people, uh, to be looking for your purpose and, and to recognize that your purpose is probably much bigger than you even imagined. And when you have those moments where you're having that, that uh, where you're feeling unfulfilled, know that that's for a reason. That's your motivation to strive for something bigger because you were created for something bigger. And if you can strive towards that, that's where your fulfillment will be. But sometimes you have to get outside yourself and recognize that there's something bigger in place and be willing to be used for those things. Uh, Justin, I always give my guests an opportunity to speak directly to the audience, to speak to that younger version of themselves. And I know that this is uh, something that you've probably thought about in the past, but I'd love to hear what your message would be to young business leaders. Wow. Uh, Well, that is a great question. um, And I would love to speak life into them. Your life matters. It is so incredibly important. Uh, One, because, because your, your life is valuable, um, but the lives you touch are so incredibly valuable too. So um, as a 23-year-old kid, it was stuck in motion. I needed to hear that this life is not a playground. It's a battleground. Mm-hmm. If you treat it like a playground, you're going to lose the battle. You're going to lose the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so take it seriously. But also have fun. You know, uh, Enjoy um, your relationships. The quality of your relationships are, are so so important. Um, so, so take that time for yourself and, and have fun. But Man, um, make sure you make every day count. Um, be grateful for the breath that you breathe. It's a free gift. Mm. Uh, and that beating heart in your chest, be grateful. Um, but as you live, make sure that your life matters to someone else. Um, get outside yourself um, and, 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 make your life count because it matters. Um, it already does uh, no matter what, but, but at the end of your days, you're going to, you're going to wish and want to be able to go back and, and make it matter even more. So 
So start now. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for that. How do people connect with you? How do they find Fight for the Forgotten and uh, all the things that you're doing out there? Yeah, fightfortheforgotten.org is where we want to send everybody to, but you can also follow us on Instagram at uh, Fight for the Forgotten or me at the Big Pygmy, uh, the Big P Y G M Y. Uh, so it's not P I G like the pig, it's uh, <laughs> M Y. And uh, my, yeah, my fight name used to be the Viking, but now you can remember the Instagram or Twitter handle at, at the Big Pygmy. So uh, that's, that's what I was adopted in and given the name for. Oh man. And I wish we had time to get into that. I know you've shared that on some other podcasts and I, I encourage people go look for podcasts with Justin on it. You'll hear uh, so many more stories that we didn't even get a chance to, to touch on it, especially the work that he's doing uh, with the pygmies and, and the forgotten people out there. Justin, again, thank you for, for being a part of this and, and sharing your heart and sharing your message with our audience. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast.